Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Whatnots Review Show, uh, where each week we have a different story to talk about. Could be a comic book, a movie, TV show, manga, who knows? We rate it, watch it, do what we have to do, come back here and talk about it. Uh, this week, we are continuing our coverage of a TV show that we have been watching the past couple months. Uh, we are watching season three of Mr. Robot. Uh, so I am excited to dive into that. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined, as always, by Melissa Wilkinson. Hello. And back for a second time on the Whatnots Review Show, <laughs> making her third appearance on on the, yes. the, the Whatnots. We have Jack back with us. How yeah. fitting. <laughs> Thank you for having me back on. I had a dream that I overslept and missed this, so I'm very oh, no. happy to actually be here. <laughs> we wouldn't start it without you. Thank you. That means a lot. Indeed. indeed. I, if it makes you feel better, I'm running on like four hours of sleep because I couldn't sleep last oh, no. night. So I was almost in the same boat of like... Do I want to keep sleeping or do I want to podcast? <laughs> like, I should be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm running on about the same amount of sleep, too. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So here we are. Uh, we're going to be talking about season three of Mr. Robot. Uh, but Melissa, how has your week been? Yes. It's been productive. Yesterday, I got up super early, and I was at the Dollar Tree before it even opened. Because oh, <laughs> I wanted plastic storage containers to organize my apartment, and then they didn't have everything I was looking for. So then I was at a TJ Maxx before it opened, <laughs> and then I went in and got more. And oh, my bathroom counter, my fridge, my pantry, clean. Nice. I got it done yesterday. Good stuff. Good. I, I had to... Order a new soap dispenser yesterday because we broke mm -hmm. ours in our bathroom, and I happened to have uh, some more stuff in my cart, some more of like soundproof panels and stuff like that. And I forgot that they were in there, and I just hit bum buy, and so I bought them all oh. and all of that stuff. So I ended up spending like eighty dollars, but when I only meant to spend like ten, <laughs> I was like, well. I, I wanted oh, them, wow. so <laughs> I now have the, have the stuff. <laughs> Fate has yeah. decided. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Jack, what about you? How have you been since you've been on yeah. the podcast? I've been here, Chilling. I guess. <laughs> just existing in this weird world that we live in. Yeah. yeah. But, okay. uh, yeah, just trying to watch TV and movies when I'm not working. Mm -hmm. have, have have you had like that a kind of like a big backlog of stuff that you've been catching up on? Be like, now I have the time to like finally watch all of this. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll go on random spurts that will be inspired by different things. Like I've been going through back catalogs of podcasts and the Blank Check podcast. Mm -hmm. Yes. I've been going through their back catalogs, and one of the directors that they covered was M. Night Shyamalan. Gotcha. And I realized, yeah, I realized that a lot of his movies I've never seen all the way through, so I've just been working my way through all of those, and that's been fun, to say the <laughs> least. <Okay. laughs> 
quite an experience. For sure. Yeah, I I, I, nice. I don't remember what the last M Night Shyamalan film I saw was. I, I well, the l l last one I saw in theaters I think was The Village. You remember the, that mm -hmm. one? Yeah, yeah, that was strange <laughs> to say that. I think least. I saw Lady in the Water. I think that was the most recent one. I think that came after The Village. So I haven't seen anything after that. Interesting. I, I did like his work. I would like to check out the, the second half of his career. Was, uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Season three, Mr. Robot. Back again for some more robotic TV shows. Um, so... <gasps> Yeah, I, I, I guess we'll do what we normally do here and do general thoughts and then synopsis and housekeeping and then we'll get into spoilers and stuff. So, uh, Jack, I know you have seen the entire show um, from, yeah. from start to finish. <laughs> this is at, at least your second time watching it. Um, what what about season three stands out to, to you just in, in, in general? I think what stands out to me about season three, well, one, when I first started watching the show all the way through, it had only, it only had season, excuse me, wow, uh, it only had three seasons up mm -hmm. to that point, so season three was the most current season, it's the one that I've lived in the longest, gotcha. <laughs> waiting for season four to air, and just from a filmmaking and storytelling standpoint, it took a very different turn than I would have ever expected. And I, I really admire just all of the bold risks that they took. I think it just really elevated my opinion of the series overall. Mm -hmm. Like after I was finished with season three, I just wanted to give Sam Esmail and everyone involved a, a standing <laughs> yeah. ovation yes. because I just think it's fantastic. And it really just elevated the series to masterpiece level for me personally. Mm, okay. I think everything is firing on all cylinders in this season, particularly. Okay, good stuff. Melissa, what did you think? Season three, you watched it for the first time. <laughs> yeah. This is really impressive and really guttural. I think some of the emotions in this season hit harder than they have before. It is sharper and more gruesome in a lot of interesting ways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think for me, like they're in season one, there's one scene in particular that I think stands out where uh, you see Elliot crying in a corner and he's like, what do people do when they get this sad, right? And and you see that at the start and you're just like, man, he's a he's a sad dude. And, and then through the course of these three seasons like you get to know him you get to like him or maybe not but like you you like you you're so ingrained in his story that when it goes back and it kind of does that scene once more you see it and you're just like oh man dude like i don't he's sad again this is, <laughs> this is not good i don't like this <laughs> right you become personally yeah. attached yeah. to it like, you already recognized him as sad dude, but you've already, <laughs> you're committed in your heart to, I don't want sad dude to be sad yeah. anymore. No additional <laughs> sadness. He's plenty. Down with sad dude. We want him to be happy dude. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, so I mildly okay, <laughs> dude. Yeah, like I I I liked this season uh more than I liked season 2. I still liked season 2 a lot. Uh but mm. I, I I think uh from our discussion last month, yeah, season 2 kind of took a dip. It was like, okay, this is still really good. Maybe not what we were expecting, but still really good. This was I think also not what I was expecting, but like in oh in a strange way like almost back to basics like back to season one stuff it it mirrored some some things yeah. with that um and yeah I, I I think it takes a turn that I really like the direction of it's just like ooh mm-hmm. I I like that it's darker it's more sinister and it 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 just feels like. Like I, I, I think you start to get a better understanding of the bigger picture with this one, rather than it's just like one guy trying to take down a yeah a knockoff of Enron and Amazon and Dell all mixed into one. Right. Oh. Yeah, I think that's what I really appreciated about this season the most is that it's such a nice mirror image to season Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. and even which of course we can get more into this with spoilers but like the last episode of season three has so many parallels to the first episode even just the locations that they visit yeah and yeah I just I love how it bookends this arc of the series indeed uh, do we want to get into a brief synopsis of of what season three is kind of about? Uh, 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 about? <laughs> it's it's yeah. A t- so <laughs> it's like where do we start with this? Uh, yeah. Elliot Angela has gotten him a job at E Corp, so now he's trying to do the same sort of thing she was doing in season mm-hmm. two, working on destroying E Corp from the inside out. So he has a job there, and he's still... I don't remember if this was introduced in season two or not. I love the paper backup records that E Corp had. They were all going to be shipped to this New York... Right, no, 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 this is the season two finale. They were all going to be shipped to, like, the New York Center, and then they were going to blow up the New York Center, and instead Elliot has been working on diverting all of the paper to, like, 71 other different E Corp centers across America believing that if they're all spread out it's going to take forever to for the dark army to destroy them or they'll never try at all now that the project isn't just blow up one building in new york city it's much more complicated than that yeah that's that's kind of where we left off season two because they were getting ready to do phase two of their plan of of that and I, i think that was the like slow down with season two it's like they kept talking about this plan or like what we should do next and they never really did stuff with it um and then kind of right at the start of season three here yeah they are finalizing the plan and they make it happen um where they're 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 redistributing all of these papers so that they can kind of because the, the the idea is that they're b- about to blow up this one building they're scared that there's going to be people inside and people will actually get hurt and they don't want that so mm-hmm. they're like hey if we kind of get rid of that 
plan that I also initially came up with, then maybe we can fix things and do it differently. It's this like back and forth chess game. Mm-hmm. And I think that really shines here in season three. It's like, okay, if I do this yeah. move to stop you guys this way, what are you <laughs> going to do next, right? Mm-hmm. We also find out a lot more about the Dark Army's workings. We meet more people involved, find out what their like day-to-day operations are, kind of, and we get a glimpse of what White Rose's ultimate plan is. Just a glimpse, though. We have, we have no real details yeah. how she plans on pulling this off, but we get a sense of what her vision is is and this is something she told angela in that uh <laughs> creepy commodore 64 room at the end of mm-hmm. season Black two room. and that idea is like uh firing it, like that's what gives angela all of her passion and all of her drive this season and you watch her deal with this idea when you have no idea what the idea yeah. is yeah so it's it's a it's an interesting season uh, like I mentioned, I do think it kind of takes a darker, more sinister turn, uh, which is one I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of expecting no. it to go back to <laughs> season one, like dark ha- hacker root stuff, but not the like dark, sinister character stuff of of just like what is this mm-hmm. person really thinking, or what are they actually dealing w- 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 with, and it's it's some in- in- intense stuff. Mm. Jack, do you think that about covers it for like a synopsis of season three? Yeah, I would say so, especially a spoiler free version. (laughs) Which it's so wild. Like, I would think that the midway point of the season would have been the season finale. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, I the mid season stuff of this season is mind blowing. It's so good. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about all of that stuff. Uh, but yes, yeah, so let's mm-hmm. let's do housekeeping, and then we can get into spoilers and start breaking it all down. Uh, so if you guys did not know, uh, we have multiple podcasts here at the Whatnots. Uh, you guys can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com. Uh, we just had our first annual trivia night on the Whatnots Captain's Log, mm-hmm. uh, which was a lot of fun, and I I got beat very badly, and I am <laughs> I should probably be ashamed to call myself a '90s kid. So, that. You guys should go check it out. Okay. Uh, you can get that on our website or your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Just type in the whatnots and all of our, our shows will pop up right there. Uh, if you like what we do, patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You guys can get episodes early. You guys can get exclusive content, all sorts of stuff. Um, we'd also like to give a shout out to our patrons at the $5 tier. So thank you, Sam, uh, for helping us out and keeping the mics on. We love you a lot and appreciate it. So, thank you. Thank you. Um, cool. That, that, that wraps us up for housekeeping for now. Um, let's get on to spoilers. Where did I move my spoiler button? Yes. I, 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 I moved <laughs> things around. On we the don't areas. know. Okay. Spoilers. Here we are. Okay. 
Um, so Jack, let's start with you. Mm -hmm. What is the thing that you are yeah. just itching to talk about with season three? Because you you reached out to to us. You've been on the show before. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think you were you were the person that kind of inspired Melissa to be like, hey, we should also watch Mister Robot in the first place. So. Season three, I think in particular, you've mentioned is one of your favorites. Like you said, you've spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time in this one. What specifically about this one stands out to you? Oh, man. I think this season is most likely my favorite season of the series. I haven't watched season four in its entirety all the way okay. through, like at my own pace. I watched it mm. as it aired week by gotcha. week. So it was a very uh -huh. different experience from the first three. So my opinion might change after watching season four as I want to watch it rather than waiting week by week for each episode. But mm -hmm. first impressions, this one is my favorite of the series just because I think that the character arcs are so interesting like I I love a good redemption arc and I love that at the beginning of this season Elliot sets out on a quest for redemption he's like I fucked up everything yeah. how do I fix it and that's like the thesis of this entire season and I think just all of the characters have such interesting arcs throughout this season like Angela kind of becoming an antagonist, which yeah. was unexpected, but I love that twist. Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting to watch her kind of descend into madness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think just even like characters like Darlene, which she wasn't my favorite character throughout the first couple of seasons. Not that I disliked mm. her, but in this season in particular was where I started to really actually like her. And I think that she was way more developed you see more of a vulnerability with her mm -hmm. than you've seen in the past and i think what really hired my opinion of her overall is that you see how much she's doing everything that she's doing for the sake of her brother not even for herself yeah. like she's putting him above everyone else and everything else in her life and yeah. even though she's going behind his back and working with the fbi it's so that he can be okay like Mm -hmm. everything she's doing is for him and I think that it was just very touching to see that side of their relationship I think you see more of their relationship in this season than you have in seasons past because season one you don't find out they're related until the very <laughs> end of the season yeah. Yeah. and in season two they spend so much time apart that this is the first time you really get a sense of what they're like as siblings and I, mm -hmm. I really liked that aspect of this too yeah Melissa, is there a particular mm. relationship in in this or or character development that that you liked? I I agree with Jack that I love that this season is about Elliot redeeming himself. I like that this is a story. Uh, so when I originally heard about the show Mr. Robot. I think I've mentioned that I had it completely backwards and I thought Christian Slater was like the main <laughs> character who was like a guy who worked in an office. I mean, and Elliot was this like mysterious counterculture I mean, you're not really who, wrong. Like, lurked around. Right. 
I was wrong, mm-hmm. but I wasn't wrong at the same time. And I knew there was some sort of giant uh, take down the man hack they were working on. And I figured that's what the show was, was like building towards this thing they wanted to do. And I like that the series executes that. The plan is executed exactly as they wanted in the season one finale. And the next three seasons are just fallout. And like, did we do the wrong thing? Did we mess up society worse than it already was? Can we set it back? And I love, love the, uh, the new sensation montage that Elliot has. Yes. One of the best montages in the series. Something she was very good at where he's like, I'm going to try and set things right. And like, just try and live a normal life. Like this is Sign something I'm trying to protect in other people. And <laughs> right? It's like, okay. Elliot, mm-hmm. wear, <laughs> yeah. Wear clean clothes, <laughs> uh, go to office functions. <laughs> like he's trying to protect the normal lives of people, but he's so outside of it. This is him like giving it a shot. Like I'm going to fully show up as a human citizen. And I love that. He's like, I could do this. I could set things mm-hmm. right. We, it's so optimistic in a way the show has not been before, in a way that character has not been before. And you see him taking down little people within E Corp, which is a nice thing to sort of have in the back of your mind when all of these other disasters happen. It's like, yeah, but Elliot got rid of at least like a dozen terrible executives along the way. At least Mm -hmm. we've got that going for us. (laughs) Yeah, it's he, he has some good moments. He, he, he has the like, happy-go-lucky moments in each season where you see him, like, skipping or he has, a like, a white mocha frappuccino <laughs> or something, you know? And he, he's, yes. he, like, he's just the happiest person in the whole world and it's so funny. Mm-hmm. You see him in, in that, it's just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I, I, I kind of remember us talking about Angela when we covered season one and just being like, I wonder what's going to happen mm-hmm. to her and we didn't know what um and i i i don't think we got it right but i i i think we may have mentioned that she like we expect to get, see her get wrapped up in this more and more and we don't know how she'll yeah. react to that and i think we really get that with this season um and i think that was the one that didn't necessarily catch me off guard but was one of the ones that i was like this is not a direction i expected it to go in uh because one of the like first big twists that i want to kind of pull out is she also starts talking to someone that isn't really there uh she starts talking to qwerty the fish uh and there's this one scene it's it's really only in one scene but you can kind of see it in her character when she's not there that like Things have started to mess with her, and she is a little bit off of her rocker. Uh, and and yeah, there's this one scene where she is talking, and immediately you're just like, "Oh no, he's talking to someone that is not there." And and then he's like, "Oh, she's talking to the fish." Well, not that bad, but it's still bad. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, like t- to say that, and then she's walking around. Uh, like outside New York at night, and she has her like shopping cart full of stuff. She looks like she's homeless. Uh, I I forget. She she meets. It looks like Cisco, 
but it's not Cisco because Cisco's supposed to be dead. But it's the same, like right, same guy. Like right. buy my this CD. Is the new Cisco. And she, like she, she thinks she's, it's it's him. And she's like, I am not taking your CD this time. <laughs> and he's just like, okay, <laughs> yeah, whatever. And uh, it's kind. And it's not clear whether that is legitimately just a guy trying to sell his CD or if this is the dark army, like still quietly running that same yeah. scam. And now that Cisco is dead, they just have a different yeah. guy doing it. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because he leaves and immediately when he leaves, the dark army shows up right behind her in this mysterious van. And they're like, you're going to have to come with us. Right. And it's like, going on like this is not where i expected angela to end up like not at all mm -hmm. um, yeah she she goes through some wild stuff yeah she's become a zealot which was not on the list of things i thought angela might like do. i i kind of expected her to be on the opposite side of the hack like somehow mm -hmm. like okay maybe if she somehow ends up like Mm. being doctrinized into e-corp and wants to help them instead yeah. like I, I could see something like that yeah. but yeah not to, to, to this extre extreme so i was just like whoa okay hi <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah um yeah wow okay I... <laughs> oh head jack mm -hmm. i think it's interesting sorry i think it's interesting that there's such a role reversal with Elliot and Angela in this season. Yeah. Because I, I would say in the first season, his actions may seem a bit more delusional and mm -hmm. Angela's seem more logical. Like, I'm going to mm -hmm. handle this the logical way in yeah. terms of taking down E-Corp and Elliot's way may seem delusional. <laughs> and then they kind of switch by the end of this season yeah. where she is way delusional and he's like actually doing the logical steps that it takes to undo the hack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elliot and Angela are particularly loved in this season because we get that scene in, like, the first or second episode where he's going to... Like, he's just gotten out of jail. Like, I don't think he's back in his apartment yet. Mm -hmm. Or maybe she's like, you're in a bad place. Stay at my place tonight, you know? Like, you're not in a good mental state to be on your own. Like, sleep on my couch. And he comes in from the rain and he's got his black hoodie on and he's just soaking wet. And she's wearing this beautiful white outfit, which she normally is. I love that that's the visual language of Angela. And it's a power mm -hmm. outage. So it's the two of them standing in her living room surrounded by all of these candles. And it's the most romantically styled scene, even if the content of it is not overtly romantic. I think he does kind of move towards her and she kind of moves away and his narration says, this is what Angela has always been. When something gets too close to her, she gets scared and she pushes it away. I really like this relationship between the two of them where he is clearly so into her and we just get a sentence about it once every season. Yeah. <laughs> There's so little actual advancement. But I'm looking at this, like he's like, bad boy in this black outfit coming out of the rain and she's wearing white and she's surrounded by all these candles and I'm like this feels like a, a YA romance <laughs> and I'm like that's who these uh -huh. two are Matt, like the beginning of them is both of our parents worked for a company that 
poisoned them, gave them cancer. We met each other during like the legal process of all of the victims of this company, like reaching how, out to each other romantic, and supporting right? each other and fighting. Meeting your your loved one <laughs> in in a courtroom. <laughs> No, but it's like this would be like a John Green novel oh, yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Like these are how these two kids meet and then they become best friends. And then they're like, we're going to take down the corporation together. Like they have the model of a YA romance that never got off the ground. And now they're both grim adults. But the trappings of it are still kind of there. Like he's still wearing black and she's wearing white. And they're leaning against either side of a door talking to each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, so I I kind of wanted to dive into the relationship between Elliot and Mr. Robot for a bit, because I think that mm -hmm. is mainly what the like darker undertones of this season revolve around. Uh, we know that Mr. Robot is like the invisible friend alter ego of of Elliot um but in this one by season three they've kind of separated so much that they are at ends with one another where uh one of them will wake up and the other one won't know what the other one is doing. Whereas in season one, we always saw them together. They were working together. They might yeah. have had some issues, you know, now and then. And then season two, we start to get a, a hint of, like, this separation starting. Of just like, hey, I was in this room. How is it that you're in that room talking to them? Mm -hmm. Is that doesn't make sense and we, we get the like glitch effects where it will switch back and forth between them and this one we get like that full uh that full separation of just like i i now don't know when he's gonna come or what he will do and this is bad <laughs> um mm -hmm. yeah so what did you guys think of that thoughts on on separation it's like we're both no, waiting ahead, for the other Jack. one to speak <laughs> i thought it was really interesting seeing them hardly have any scenes together yeah. in this season which as much as i like um seeing those two work alongside each other i think it really served the narrative well that mm. we had them working separately mm -hmm. and uh yeah Something that I thought was really, I don't know why, I just found this very moving on the last episode of the season when they're on the Ferris wheel again. Yeah. And Elliot's asking Mr. Robot, like, hey, did you know about any of this? And he's like, no, if I had known about this, I would have found another way. And then Elliot Aww. thinks, oh, yeah, because there's a part of me in you as yeah. much as there's a part of you and me, and I found that very touching. And it is. It's it's oddly I think like that a good once they fatherly reached... moment, right? Of yeah, yeah. Like he he never really got to hang out with his dad dad into his adult life, so he never really got to have those more adult conversations with him. But he's in some ways still having those here, which is nice. 
Yeah. I, you, so you, this whole season, you think that there's been some sort of a dividing wall put up between Ellie and Mr. Robot, and you're not sure how or why, but those personalities are like completely separate. They don't interact with each other. And Mr. Robot keeps coming in and like taking control. Like there's that scene where Elliot's trying to like go down the hallway in an E-Corp building. And Mr. Mm -hmm. Robot keeps taking over his body and making him like fall to the ground and throw himself against the wall and punch himself in the Neither face. Neither one of them wants and them to so do what they're trying to do. So it's yeah. one is trying to stop the other one and then that one's trying yeah. to stop that one yeah and he's just like hitting his head on the wall like knock yourself right. out unconscious so we can't do any of this <laughs> right and it's like a little comedic because it's so ridiculous but it's also really scary yeah. mm -hmm. so there's this division between the two of them this whole season and i love that the breaking point is that Aunt, is that uh darlene says Elliot, no, you, dad didn't push you out the window. You jumped out the window. Yeah. And that really recolors every flashback we've seen of their dad. Because you're mm -hmm. looking at the dad like, this guy seems all right. But, ooh, remember he pushed Elliot out of the window? Who is this guy? And then to learn, no, Elliot jumped. Like, that gives you a more positive vision of the dad. Still probably not the best guy, but, you know, didn't push his son out the window. That's progress. It gives Elliot a more positive view of him. And you learn that like he was he was actively pushing Mr. Robot away. Like he was more conscious in this than he has let on. That like he kind of put up the dividing wall. Like, I'm not interacting with you anymore. And then when he finds out that like this uh, personality he's built based on his dad is based on a man who is better than he thought that opens the doors back up and he's able to communicate with Mr. Robot again. And again, it's something that's so strange, but weirdly optimistic that once Elliot finds out, I like what one of the most traumatic things that ever happened to me is something I did to myself, which is very sad and scary, but you can see that it puts him in this mindset of if I caused a problem, I can fix that problem, which is the same thing with five nine. He's like, I mm -hmm. did this. I have to undo mm -hmm. this. And he's like, oh, I, I was an instrument in my own trauma. I can now, this is weirdly empowering for me to try and break it down and feel uh, better about myself and my family again and feel like I can cooperate with this uh, weird personality yeah. that's an image of my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you mentioned the like, like, optimism that is in there of like i mm -hmm. i can fix this i i kind of saw that in a couple characters with the, like this mm -hmm. season despite how sinister it might be and i keep saying that word sinister because yeah yeah you do get these like really strange character arcs and you get to like follow them on the street and like what are they really up to and stuff like that but there's a couple of them that also do have this, like, really hopeful outlook in certain parts of the season. Yeah. You mentioned that with Elliot. Uh, we got a flashback of Tyrell um, when, when, yeah. when he's, like, uh, first, not first has his job, but, like, before the events of season one, we get mm -hmm. this flashback of him, and he 
tries to be like, well, hey, I can be the one to lead an internal team and do all this and make things right. And in that scene, it was a very strange scene because he's still starry-eyed and hopeful. He music is also hopeful but as soon as he like speaks out he is just like stomped on and just like no i didn't ask for your opinion like i never will ask for your opinion kind of thing uh and then while the hopeful music is still playing it does this weird thing with the camera where it kind of swoops underneath him and does this lower perspective, mm-hmm. which usually is a thing that that people do in art to make the character look more powerful. They are bigger. They are menacing. Mm-hmm. They are towering over you. But in that same shot, we also see the evil corp building right behind him, towering over him. And so he's like he's still small in comparison to this thing. And I was like, it's brilliant. But it's so strange because it's so hopeful. Like he, like he wants to, like he's like, mm-hmm. I can do this. I can fix it. We can be safe. Like we can yeah. help people. I'm just like, oh, t- Tyrell. Little do you know, Poor Tyrell. Yeah. <laughs> little do you know. There was, I think, there was the only thing I wanted out of the season was like a little bit more Tyrell, especially because he splits away from Elliot pretty early on in the mm-hmm. season. And I, I love his weird fascination with Elliot. This is oh, a relationship man. unlike they, anything I've seen on TV. It's funny because they they talk about it too. Uh, I, I think mm. there's a scene. It, it's Tyrell and Mr. Robot. And he, he says something along the lines of like, but I love you, right? And he's just like, like some things are best <laughs> mm-hmm. left at subtext, okay? <laughs> not, not, not text. And it, it, it like, it's like, did they, they were reading all of our forums, weren't they? <laughs> They've seen my Tumblr. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, and Mr. El- Mr. Robot's like, um, I'm not doing yeah. this. And you wonder, like, what Elliot's reaction would be if, like, him himself heard Tyrell say, I love you. Would Elliot just be like, okay. <laughs> he still uh, has that, like, whoa, wide eyes, just like. <laughs> Okay. Just a bewildered yeah. stare like normal. Right. The, the most he can offer anyone. Yeah. Exactly. I loved the flashback episode that showed Tyrell's experience mm-hmm. sort of being held captive by <laughs> the Dark Army. And Jack, you texted me and said, this episode's particularly going to appeal to you. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at the episode description. And I'm like, oh, it's a Tyrell episode. Cool. And then I'm watching it in the opening credits, and I'm like, Wallace Shawn is in this? Cool. And then the episode goes on, and they play Gordon Lightfoot, see if you could read my mind. <laughs> I'm like, that's it. This <laughs> One of my favorite and songs. And that is ah, when yes, Melissa a... bought the season right. JVD right then and right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a perfect storm of things I enjoy. I love that Wallace Shawn scene. Wallace Shawn is in the season I don't know who this person is. Scene. Who, who is this guy? No. Like, I don't think he has a name. He just shows up. He's connected to the Dark Army somehow. We don't know how. It seems like he's just a guy that comes in to help, like, indoctrinate new recruits that the Dark Army has taken on. And he puts mm-hmm. on a 
kettle that just starts like oh, boiling okay. and okay. Yeah, yeah, steaming yeah. and screaming. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there and he's got like a pen and paper and he's like I giving Tyrell a task. parties. That's what I know him from, from the <laughs> goofy movie. <laughs> talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> One of his many excellent yeah. roles. If you need somebody mm-hmm. to play a, an authority figure, who who better than Wallace Shawn? And he's giving Tyrell this pop quiz, almost like the one the little girl gave Angela. Yeah. yeah. In that suburban house. And, so, and the way the scene is cut, it keeps cutting between Tyrell looking like, no, I'm not going along with this. I'm not doing this. Would you stop asking me these questions? I'm not going to give you the answers you want. The tea kettle screaming and Wallace Shawn writing stuff down in a notebook and doing coke. <laughs> 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 wild stuff uh, I lo- so I, I I love the show never oh. li- hmm? go ahead no I was just gonna say briefly I love that the show never lets up on like weird set dressing sort yes. of things like that and it uses it sparingly enough that you don't get desensitized to it like just the extra fact of and he's doing coke the entire time while he's giving Tyrell this like indoctrination test and then episodes later, there's White Rose and her assistant. I think his name is Grant. They're like yeah. having that really emotional scene in her apartment. And in the background, there's a woman who's just playing like musical glasses, like tracing her fingers around like the glasses of water. Not yeah. focused on, not, not spoken of. What? This isn't a party. It's just the three of them in this room. Yeah. There's some weird things. So I, one of the things that I yeah. wanted to mention um, is uh, mm. the, like the, the influences that this show b- 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 brings in. Because season mm. one, like, absolutely wore its heart on its sleeve. It's like, we are fight club and v for vendetta and taxi driver like all mixed into one big Mm. thing and then season two starts to introduce some like uh, maybe a little bit of twin peaks in there too with that that like scene with angela and white rose and this one i think really brought in vibes of fargo have have you guys seen oh, yes. Fargo or or the TV show? I've seen the movie once a long time ago, but I get what you're talking about, especially with Irving yes. and his mm-hmm. whole corner yeah, of and things. Just that, that whole they, the, the whole idea of they brought Tywell to this cabin, kind of out in this small town, to be in this ice this isolation. He's doing like weird everyday things like it's not it's not like scary like they're not torturing him per se but he's just mm-hmm. doing like he's chopping wood all day but that is like this yeah. weird torture in and of itself yeah. yeah the whole character of irving he just has this uh this like let's have normal conversations when we shouldn't be having normal yes. mundane conversations yes Right, the the whole idea where he's he he likes to eat these ribs and he's sitting there like just munching on on these ribs and it's this like very visceral messy experience and then he's just yeah. like oh, these are so good you know what the secret is to these you need to do this that you know x y and z and blah blah and it's just like 
Why are you talking about rims right now? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. Another influence that I saw particularly in that episode was mm, The Shining. Mm, yes. Like, yes. even the opening credits, yes. the little title crawl is very much yes. like The Shining. I was about to mention that one next. I was like, this, isn't this The Shining? Like, where he's driving up the long driveway and all that stuff. Like, yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love in the last episode when they go back to that cabin, it's still the same aerial shot of the car driving along. Like, it's not the as stylistically precise as the Tyrell episode is, but it's reminiscent of, we're going to do kind of the same camera work that we did the last time we were in this setting. Yeah, yeah it's 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 an interesting thing, because I, I know The Shining also deals with, like... Uh, kind of like alter egos and stuff like that. It deals with yeah. abuse and ab- abusive relationships and 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 the like the scariness of all of that. And I think we we can see that, especially mm-hmm. in Ir- 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 Irving, right? Who is this strange manipulator uh, and and is like. Yeah, like he he's he's a fixer, but he like he's he's almost kind of retired, but he's not. And yeah. and it, like I don't know, he just has this like weird position, and he's just this very forceful, intimidating person. We also know that Tyrell was also kind of like that. And 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 yeah. he, he is kind of dealing with the c- 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 consequences of him being abusive and manipulative, and where it's gotten him right um, to the, mm-hmm. the p- p- point where he's like, "Hey, I want to see my wife and, ch- and child," and they don't tell him that his wife is now dead, dead, and his child is in protective services. God knows where. Right, and, and yeah, it's just like it, it's it's horrifying stuff to 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 think that they are manipulating him in that way, and they're just like, hey, if you get this next thing done, then you can see your wife and kid. And we're sitting there, but they're dead. Mm. Can't you? No, yeah, it won't work. He's gonna be mad. <laughs> this is not good. Not a good situation. <laughs> no, it's so tense. Yeah. I, talking about Irving, what what a great oh, addition yeah. to the cast. What right? a performance. What great a look. Stuff. Great stuff. Bobby Cannavale is just a powerhouse. Right? He's amazing in this. And I love that when you first meet Irving, like he's very smooth talking, like he's charismatic. He's kind of genial. You can see how like, oh, this guy's yeah. likable. He is a used car salesman, like <laughs> as his like day job when he's not doing dark army stuff. And it seems like it might also be kind of a dark army front. Oh yeah. <laughs> like he's got that vibe to him of used car salesman, but in like the best way possible. Like he's a smooth guy. And he seems like just like a, a talker, just like a, a guy who's here to talk to you, get you resources, move things around, kind of fix things, arrange stuff. Like the- perfect ideal salesman yeah yeah he seems like he's a guy who like is there to clean up messes but not necessarily like get his own hands dirty like he just sort of uh project manages everything 
And then you get to the last episode where you think he's going to kill Dom and instead he kills Santiago and he destroys that yeah. man. He's, it's so gruesome and it's so striking because you're like, I didn't know this guy could do this. When did he learn Mm-mm. how to do this? And chopping wood his whole life. Melissa. He's been preparing. Chekhov's axe. Just Chekhov's axe. And just what an interesting little peek into how the Dark Army works. Because I mentioned earlier that scene with White Rose and Grant. It becomes really emotional and they're they're kissing at the end of it. And then uh, Grant shows up to kind of turn the problem, you know, turn the plans upside down. Like White Rose said, I can try doing things my way. And then Irving's like, you know, I was in your shoes once too. Uh, it's just like sort of implying that White Rose has had a string of these assistant boyfriends she goes through. And, th- and then at the end, like she says, I love you to Grant. And it's like, is this a ploy? Is this true? You know, did ever? Who else has gone mm-hmm. through this? Was this Leon once? Was this Santiago once? What is the backstory? How does the HR world of the Dark Army work? I I, I don't know if they particularly have an <laughs> HR division, <laughs> but uh, who knows? <laughs> I the Dark Army's got such a disparate cast of characters in it. I'm so curious. Like, how did? Any of you join this? Where did White Rose find any of you? How are you all together? How do you work together? Yeah. What did you Anytime we put get a on your resume? Of, like, the data. To, like, ap- ap- apply. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we get a glimpse, glimpse of like the day-to-day like kind of social operations of the Dark Army, it's really interesting. Yeah. And the fact that uh, Irving kills Santiago... Partially because he's like, I'm just done with this guy. And like the last time they talked before that was Santiago calling Irving like, I think I've been burned. And Irving's just like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like he's done with yeah. him. He's been done with him uh-huh. for months. And he's like, oh, here's my chance. We're going to get somebody new in. I like so her. I, I, I guess to, I mean, we're, we're in spoiler territory. So we're assuming people mm. have seen this and stuff. But I, I guess to just give context yeah, so we have the FBI who is trying to figure everything out. It looks like they know most of it, but they still haven't nailed things down exactly. They don't know much about White Rose yet. Uh, Darla is working with the FBI to kind of in Darlene, whatever her name is. I, I'm terrible with names. You guys know, know this. Um, she's working with the FBI to kind of inform them and all of that stuff but every time the FBI like is able to take a step or um again what's her name the the woman the agent I don't Dom? remember her name yes Dom she um like when she is about to uncover something or make an arrest it's always thwarted by her boss and at first, we don't really think much mm-hmm. of it because it's like, oh, that's something that a boss would yeah. do. It's like, okay, slow down now. There's paperwork involved. Yeah. We need mm-hmm. to do yes. all that stuff. But then we learn that he's also working for the Dark Army. Not because he wants to, but it seems like they have something on him. Um, yeah, and so like by the end of this season, they're all kind of gathering at this cabin 
out in the middle of nowhere where they kept Tyrell. Um, and it, it like they are trying to arrest different people. They're trying to, to talk to it, but they're, they're all just gathering at, at this one spot. And in that spot, there's a lot of stuff that goes down. And yeah, there's a, a scene where, uh, where Irving takes out the two FBI <laughs> agents and just starts chopping one of them in, in the pieces. And, it's, and like you, you, yep. you think he's about to kill Dom or kill both of them, but yeah, he just goes after this this one, and it's it's it is like one of the most like Fargo scenes of just like I'm gonna stick you in this wood chipper and everything will be chipper after that, like you know, and it's just like I this is scary and terrifying but i like it yeah. it's like oddly charismatic still and it's like it's like i this is mm. weird i don't know yeah it's weird to see the dark army's effect on certain people like irving doesn't appear to be faced leon doesn't appear to be faced and then whatever it was that angela experienced completely warped her like i wouldn't say she was necessarily the most healthy person to begin with but you look at her and like Oh, the late season two, and then you look at her here, and it's like, what happened that broke you it's, this Right, badly? it's like she's had some kind of religious experience of just like, you've seen God, apparently. Okay. Here you go. Yeah. I, I want to talk about this show's shift towards something sci-fi. Yes. Which I is whatever White Rose is planning. I think it's like the end of the season three premiere cold open maybe you see her and she's talking to grant in this uh they're they're in some sort of an office somewhere like it's not really clear it's like real close up on the both of them talking about the next phase of the plan and yes we have to move all of our resources you know from jersey to the congo they want the congo in this (laughs) storyline china just gets the congo it's theirs now and this is all part of some plan where she's going to build like some factory there for something mysterious and the camera slowly zooms out from the both of them and you don't know where exactly they are i think it's implied it might be like washington township but it zooms out and they're next to like a hadron collider a massive massive piece of machinery it's like what do you want this for like it's like this is the kind of thing you see in like time travel fiction or like alternate universes and like alternate realities and stuff and it's just like it like i get that like computer hacking can kind of go hand in hand with with these like secret government projects and experiments on all of this stuff like one of my favorite animes and time travel fiction is steins gate and it's basically this exact same thing where they they accidentally Mm. hack into cern and they learn some things that like oh shit like time travel is a real thing it's like they haven't perfected it yet but it's it's a real thing and then they somehow end up making a time machine with a cell phone and a microwave it's fantastic um but yeah it's just like uh, and no one mentions it they don't mention that they're standing in in the midst of a giant hadron collider or it's not mentioned by anyone else down in the show it's just like it's there it exists 
I'm just like, uh, this is, this is appealing to another, like, like, I, I like this stuff, but why here? And then no one says anything. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> right. Like you, uh, Jack, you got something. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think Angela kind of hints at it throughout the yes. season because we get that great sequence at the end of the first episode, which has one of my favorite needle drops with Touch by Daft Punk playing yes. in the background. And she's talking about it wasn't until I met White Rose when my eyes were opened and this new world is going to be reborn. And then yes. she talks about it again on the day of stage two when she's telling Elliot, we need to let today happen. Yeah. No one's going to die today. Everyone's going to be fine. And she like keeps rewinding that footage. Like, see, they all came back. And you're Ugh. just like, what is going yeah. on here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to do something with that. But on the other hand, I'm just like, that seems a little bit too much for this show. Like, as... I don't know. So, we do we don't know White Rose's plan. Everything we get is like distilled through Angela, I think. And it, what Angela says leads us to believe that White Rose and this Large Hadron Collider have some sort of a reset feature. Like what Elliot's trying to do is just restore the data they deleted. Whatever this thing Angela believes in is like, we are going to go back in time or go into an alternate universe. And she's like, uh, my mom is going to be alive again. Elliot, your dad's going to yeah. be alive again. Like we can, we're going to reset everything. We're going to fix everything. All these people that have died aren't going to die, which I think casts the, um, the deaths of this show in another light, like losing uh, Shayla and Gideon and Cisco. And even the episode where we get to Trenton and Mobley's deaths, like you're thinking about it differently. Maybe that really like, was that, an alternate reality Cisco. Right, or like, oh, they're not going to die. Well, they're dead here, but we're going to hit a reset button in like three episodes, and then they're going to be back. So I was, <laughs> I'd love those two, but I kind of had my emotions in check. Like, oh, we're going to reverse this, aren't we? I was expecting this whole thing to be like the end of season five of Lost, where Juliet hits the button and the screen goes white, and then the next season we're in a different place entirely. This is what I was expecting to happen. That we were going to have some sort of a, not just restoration of data, but like hard reset of reality. Yeah. That seems like where it was going. And I was surprised that we didn't get more advancement on that. It just seemed like that might be the season's yeah, arc. So but this is a show that is never played with like traditional narrative structure right. and pacing. And with Elliot saying, I can get your plant in the Congo in a month. Maybe this will be like an early season four thing by the time the timeline works out. And then we're going to see, okay, what's this Hadron Collider so about? Let me raise this question then, right? So we, okay. we now have this idea in the back of our minds that like, hey, maybe there's a way for us to reset this thing. Melissa, you also mm -hmm. mentioned that conversation between Elliot and Mr. Robot of... Uh, like, yeah. hey, if you had known this was going to happen, like, would you have done something differently? And he's like, yeah, I would have found another way. So based off that, one theory for season four could be 
that like yeah they they do go back in time or something and get to do the hack a different way and somehow take down evil corp before uh you know their their parents are dead dead or something right like that could be one theory that seems a little bit too sci-fi for me in this show and that's coming from me the one who loves yeah. sci-fi and time <laughs> travel and stuff like that i just don't yes. know if that fits within this show like one thing that i really really enjoyed um with season three was i think an idea that was planted in season two of like sometimes mm. was, was, right, so the back up a bit season one takes this very like anti-capitalist anti-corporate stance right just like fuck them fuck them all down with them we don't need them and then we get the fallout in season two where the economy is shit and it's like we like taking them like there's actually a lot of people that rely on this corporation to do all of this stuff not that yeah the show like you know, completely does this one eighty and is like, "Yay, corporations!" You know, um, it, it, but it's just like maybe there's a better way to do this or a different way mm-hmm. to do this, or just like maybe it's not not necessarily about taking them down, but more so keeping them in check. Of like, how how yes. how, how do we hack them in responsible ways that will hold them accountable to the terrible shit that they do um so yeah like i'm i'm wondering if that will factor more into season four of of just like hey maybe we'll get a reset button or maybe we will find out some way to not necessarily undo things but like they've kind of been gearing towards of of just like how how do we kind of fix things a little bit Mm mm-hmm but we still don't like evil corp because they are still evil corp. So who knows? Those are just my like mm. incomplete thoughts. I'm just like I don't know what's happening here, but there's this and there's that, and you know. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think it's really interesting how. Elliot even says in this season that maybe Evil Corp is a necessary evil. Mm. And they just need to be kept in check. And if you notice, from that point onward, he only refers to it as E-Corp. Yeah. It's not Evil Corp anymore. Which I found an interesting, like, very small thing in the grand scheme of this show. And I, I guess I will say avoid read it until after oh, you finish I, the show but if you want to look looked. up some wild theories i'd like to there are some <sighs> wild theories post season three for how this show was gonna end and it was just a minefield once i was caught up with the show trying to read through all I of bet. these and As, especially especially yeah. with this season i wanted to so badly i was like i don't necessarily know if i understood what happened in like the second half Mm. of this season like i just can i read an analysis of this stuff i'm like no there's gonna be spoilers everywhere there's gonna be wild theory like i cannot i hate this but i want to so bad yeah yeah 
we have to look up a Mr. Robot explained after this. I'm also very excited to finish the series yeah. because then that means I can look up Mr. Robot as vines <laughs> on YouTube <laughs> to see if anybody has done this and I won't be spoiled for exactly. anything. That's my favorite part of starting any new story. Are there any vine compilations? Exactly. For this? <laughs> so the next thing that I, I wanted to mm. bring up, we mentioned it at the start, but the like mid season stuff of of this show. Let's yeah. let's talk about that because that stuff was wild. Uh, that yes. that stuff blew my mind. Oh my gosh! I think it's what season five that they do that like God view. Uh, thing of Angela like going through the building where all of the like yes people are ransacking the building and stuff that was gorgeous <laughs> I loved it it was yes. amazing <gasps> yeah I think it's yeah it is episode five that's all a one shot and it's just Elliot and Angela work like it's the episode starts with Angela's having Elliot fired because she's gotten in on like the plan where he's diverting the paper records to all these different stations. And then she fires him and it's him like running from security within the E Corp skyscraper. And then there's a protest outside and a bunch of protesters break in and are like ransacking the building. And then it becomes Angela trying to like get to this one computer to like complete this mission. Yeah. And it's it's <gasps> it's interesting because uh, and I've seen this p- post on like Twitter or or, or something a mm-hmm. number of times, but it talks about that like God view camera a- 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 angle, and that's something you almost never see in like Western film stuff. Um, like mm. like you, you might see it in more like Japanese or Korean stuff for bit like big f- <laughs> fight scenes and stuff, but that's almost never something that you see in in western film and i loved it because it it was like Mm -hmm. it's that that whole scene is really tense of like we don't necessarily know if these people ransacking the building are just random people or if they're dark army it's kind of alluded to that there's a mix of them in there um and and so we know that some of them are probably aware of like okay this is angela do not touch her like or at least like mm-hmm. get other people away from her so she can do her own thing but there's still some in there that's yeah. like it, like this looks bad it looks like they're about to like hurt her or or something yeah 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 no and we get this like really t- tense like mission impossible it's it's not like like spot buys and stuff, but she has to get to yeah. this like computer and do this thing, and it's t- time sensitive, and she's kind of taking on this mission on her own when she's not really supposed to, and it's like I lo- lo- loved it. it. It was just incredibly t- 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 tense and chaotic, and I was just like, this is brilliant. I loved it. Hmm. I think that's one thing that the season does really well is the art of the episode itself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, there are so many good individual episodes yeah. that are different from anything else we've seen. And they really just stand alone so well on their own. And that's definitely one of them. And mm-hmm. one story, which I'm so glad that you brought up this episode because I couldn't believe this happened. I guess it was the following week after I'd watched this episode for the first time. I went into work one day and I was locked out of my computer. Oh no. I'm like, oh, oh no, it's happening. I'm getting fired. Oh no. 
But no, it just, I was logged into a different computer for that week at a different building, so it didn't read me as a person who should okay. have access, and IT fixed it for me, oh. but I was convinced that I was a goner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I love how specific the episodes are for this series. Like with some drama TV shows, it's so serialized that the episodes kind of blend into each other. Like mm -hmm. it just seems like it's one long story cut into like 42 minute chunks. Uh, Mr. Robot's very specific. Like legacy is like, you know what episode legacy is. You know what episode kill. Well, you might not remember all these episode titles but i looked them up so i have those connected in my brain but it's like legacy specific mm -hmm. that's the tyrell one kill process specific that's the one shot one don't delete me very specific that's the film one jack do you want to talk about don't delete me i would love to i don't know <laughs> if you want me to talk about it now or later on kyle, or kyle what do you think whatever is. you want go for it yes okay so this is my favorite episode of the series. There are a few episodes in season four that come pretty close to it. Ooh. But I would say that this episode, I felt like I was a different person after I finished watching it. Okay. Like I, I don't think I've ever been that deeply moved by a single episode of television before. And I love that it's such an individual story. And after mm -hmm. we've had all of this chaos and all of these action-packed episodes that we get such a quiet, introspective story of just mm -hmm. following yeah. Elliot on this very bad day where he is just considering throwing in the towel and giving it all up and how just a few random acts of kindness and a few interactions that he has with people just lift him up again and oh. make him re-question everything and... Think I'm gonna be okay. Yeah, it's that like yeah. hopeful. Things aren't over for me yet. Tinge and... in that show, just like this is oddly hopeful. Yeah, like I was so inspired by the end of it. Like, yeah, as bad as things mm -hmm. can get, people are resilient. We're always gonna yeah. pick up the pieces. We're always going to move forward in any way that we can. And it especially spoke to me too, just with the aspect of going to the movies. Yes. Like, I loved that part of it as well. And I think it's so fitting that Back to the Future was Another like time this movie that was playing. Hint. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And it was very thematically fitting. And I also thought it really showed, too, how this show still taking place in 2015 can work to its advantage that. It is literally the day in Back yeah. to the Future Part 2 that Marty travels into the future and how resonant that was with Elliot. And it it made me think about my own life. And even if I'm going through a really hard time, sometimes just the release of a new movie that I've been waiting yes. for kind of like grounds me in a way and brings me back to a place of contentment for at least mm -hmm. a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And uh, God, it's just such a beautiful episode i think it's shot beautifully i love that it's filmed in the widescreen aspect ratio yeah. uh yeah just good stuff yeah yeah wonderful i just this had episodes, to say about that it's amazing like the episode starts with like 10 year old elliot 
<laughs> going to the movies with his dad and his dad's sick. And I think it seems like his dad is uh, like Elliot thinks his dad. Oh, this is after Elliot's thought. Like dad pushed me out a window yeah. and his dad's trying to like warm up to him. Like, come on, buddy, you love the movies. And you go from viewing like, okay dad taking your kid to the movies isn't a replacement for pushing him out the window and later you're like oh that dad was really trying to make elliot feel better because he knew he was sad enough to jump out of a window yeah but the dad is he's sick and he collapses on the ground of the theater he collapses on this beautiful movie theater carpet and elliot just like leaves like he just leaves his dad and he goes and he sits down in a movie and then we watched like a, a movie, like pre-screen, like go to the lobby. You can have a soda. And now our feature presentation. And then it's, it starts the episode. It is filmed widescreen. Like this was a cinematic show to begin with, but it looks and feels completely mm -hmm. different. Feels like literal mm -hmm. cinema. Because it's supposed to like and that's supposed a, to be the movie that you're watching like you got the pre yes. preview mm -hmm. like in the lobby you get the like okay go yeah. enjoy a cold co co coca-cola right and then it's like and here's your future yeah. presentation mr robot and then it's the yeah it's just like this hour-long movie of just like here here you go so. yeah and in the previous episode trenton and mobley oh, no. had been killed r.i.p and the episode is about Are Elliot. Are you guys still there? Who you can tell is like contemplating suicide after everything that's happened to him. But he wants to pay these respects to them and their families. And like he goes to Mobley's brother. Special appearance by Dalip Rao. Nice to see. Who's like, no, I hate him. I, I'm not doing a single thing from him. He goes to see Trenton's family. And they're like really scared. Like they're moving away. And they're like, thank you for saying that she was a nice person. Uh, we don't know who you are. Like, we don't, please let us move in peace. You're not going to do anything to us, are you? And then it's her kid brother. Like, Elliot goes back to the house. No, like, Elliot, like, visits them, and then Elliot goes to the beach, and the kid brother follows him. And Elliot's like, how did you get here? And it's not clear. This is... Huh. Don't Jack disappeared. Jack just disappeared, yeah. Uh... Hopefully oh. we can get her back on the call. Uh, in the meantime, Melissa, do you want to continue with your thought there? Uh, sure. So this whole episode is so dreamlike. Because it looks different, because it feels different, because it is such a personal, like, we're just following Elliot for the day story. Oh, you're back. back. Ah, okay. I was so <laughs> terrified. I'm like, what's going on? It's oh okay. gosh, what did I miss? Reunited. <laughs> I was just talking about how Don't Delete Me feels so dreamlike and how when Trenton's brother Mohammed like finds Elliot, you're not entirely sure if this is all really happening or if Elliot is imagining it. Because the fact that he just wanders up and he's like, oh, I got here. We can go. And like they go back to the house and it's like, yeah, my parents are gone. They left me here for the day. It's like, is this real is Elliot's brain making things up and it's I like that it doesn't change the story that much either way whether everything that happened to him that day was real or not if he had a real kid who was nice mm -hmm. to him and offers him a I'm lollipop a real because he's sick 
<laughs> or if this is something Elliot's mind is giving him because it knows he needs the boost, like the resilience of Elliot's own mind to keep supporting itself despite everything it does to itself. Like both outcomes are both outcomes are kind of sweet. Yeah. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, let's see. Was there anything else? I, I, I don't know if I have a- anything else in particular that I want to t- talk about except or like like uh Jack you had mentioned this one does a great j- 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 job of making each mm-hmm. each episode feel like its own thing um which is in on one hand it's fascinating uh but on the other mm-hmm. hand I might say that might also be a downside for some people cuz I think hmm. season 1 and season 2 are both so visually like t- tied together uh with like the whole season yeah. looks like this thing or plays like the this thing whereas this one doesn't necessarily fit that same mold uh which might throw some people off because you have that one where everyone has this like giant emoji face and then there's one it's like you're at no. the movies and then there's one with this like god view camera a- angle mission Im- impossible one shot um thing like from uh god what's the what's the korean film that does that one shot in the hallway, the fight scene uh, that then inspired Daredevil to make their hallway fight scene about the guy. Is that, it uh, old boy? boy? Yeah, there you go. That's the I one. think it's Japanese. That's a Korean film. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm thinking of something else. Um, All right. Yeah, so like, like there's those influences there's the like the shining <laughs> episode right like there's so much in in the, mm. in there that it's it's almost like visual overload but in a really subtle way if that makes sense yeah. like it's it's fascinating to watch it beat by beat but yeah it, i i don't think it was as tied together as previous seasons that makes sense i don't mind it i'd like to see how bold the show Mm -hmm. can get and i like that everything does serve a purpose like Mm -hmm. everything's there for some emotional character driven plot driven reason yeah (laughs) it's not flashy for the sake of being flashy and i feel like it picks and chooses its moments very deliberately i also want to mention in the Frederick and Tanya episode where Leon is driving Trenton and Mobley around and he's still on, he's still talking about his TV shows. Mm-hmm. He starts talking about how much he loves Knight Rider. And he's like, Knight Rider, that's a great theme song. And then they just play the, the theme Knight Rider song. Yeah. theme song inside another TV <laughs> yeah. show. Like that's, ooh, what a move. I'm just going to needle drop another theme song inside my own show. Yeah. I think Leon is a fantastic character. They do another thing where they play one of that actor's songs in the bar. I think it's, I think Angela is in that scene or Darlene. I don't remember. But yeah, they're at some bar or something. And it might be the scene that Darlene and Dom meet at 
<sighs> bar, and in the back, in the back round, there is a Joey Badass song playing. Oh, yeah. nice! And then Leon is in the rest of the show. He's like one of my favorite characters that I feel like we know nothing about. Right. Except that he loves <laughs> sitcoms and he's just like so in Frasier, right? Like he like this happens and then, like <laughs> well, I don't understand that. How do you expect me to believe that this guy can do that? You know, just like what? This is amazing. Like I just want to like listen to him talk about these shows. I don't know why. Uh-huh. It's great. <laughs> I wanted I I want a commentary track that is Leon commentating in character yes. on the show Mr. Yes, Robot please. Like, talking about mm-hmm. any of his other shows he Joey badass make this happen <laughs> There is like a preview not even a preview trailer for season 4 but Leon does a recap of the series oh, up amazing. to that point talking oh about God. his boy Elliot and it's amazing <laughs> Like, there are no spoilers for season four. Just it's him recapping the show up to that point. Oh, good. It's on YouTube, I think, if you just probably look up Mr. Robot Leon season four trailer or something like that. Or season recap. I don't know what you'd look up to find it. But it's good supplementary (sighs) stuff. Nice. Good. (laughs) Perfect choice. Yeah, because yeah, he, he, he comes through in a major way at the end there where things are getting really, really t- tense. Mm-hmm. And you think that White Rose is about to uh, tell his men to kill them all and stuff like that. And then all, all of a sudden in the back around, you see Leon get this text or something. He checks his phone, puts it away, stands up, bang, 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 and like kills... All of the dark army people who are in in the in in the room there, and it's just like, what is going mm. on? What is happening, Leon? Whose side are you on? What 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 is happening? So yeah, I'm I'm I, excited. I for like the season four. I like that Leon has like no real malice towards anyone. Yeah. Like he's. <laughs> Like, he wishes the best to everyone he has to deal with. Like, when he he's watching over Trenton and Mobley, and then he gives them to these other uh, you know, goon members, and he's like, I hope they're going to treat you well. Uh, nice to meet you guys. I'll see you later. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's, he's, he's so... He's, he's very much, like, just like, hey, don't ask, don't tell. Like, I will do what you need me to to do but just let me right. live a happy life you know it's like i'm i'm not yeah. gonna ask you know let me watch about. my tv yeah. drive my car mm-hmm. uh <laughs> wear whatever i want to wear great outfits on yeah. leon <laughs> oh man that's what i love too when trenton and mobley try to make a run for it when trenton like puts the keys in the Oh my car God. and they drive off and she immediately hits a rocket he just says damn that's no way to treat a caddy <laughs> yeah. like he's not even that upset that they tried to take off just that they messed up the car in the process so chill about everything like in Trenton and Mobley are like 
zip tied or, or the, no they've got like bike locks on their hands in the back seat and Mobley's freaking out and Trenton's like actually working on escaping and she does and then she's gonna like undo his locks and he's like no 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 we need to get out of here as fast as possible like he hop in the front seat drive the car and she's like I don't know how to drive They're I grew in up the in middle New York of City. a desert I never needed to know how to drive and they hit the one rock that is in the middle of this <laughs> desert how how do you do this D- d- drive straight don't t- turn the thing <laughs> they're sitting there like, like what in the world is happening i love this shows that it doesn't take itself too seriously that it recognizes what we are doing is ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah there's a scene where elliot's trying to walk down a hallway and he just keeps punching himself we know yeah <sighs> This 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 show is fantastic. I love this show. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys have final things that you want to say about season three? Stuff that we missed. Mm-hmm. I have a question for the both sure. of you. Okay. Do you have any hopes, dreams, fears for season four? Melissa, there is something you told me and I had you've given me like very interesting little tidbits of information about this show. Mm -hmm. And when you had just started watching it and I didn't know anything about it, you mentioned, oh, yeah, the show premiered in 2015 and the pace of the story is so slow. It was like season three. She's you're like, yeah, we're we're still in 2015. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And then when season four was airing, I remember asking you, like, how's the story going now? Are they still in 2015? And you said, I don't know when we are. <laughs> so I'm very excited for whatever that means. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, I, I don't know. Because, like, I, I'm at a lot with the introduction of this, like, potential time travel alternate reality yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm lost too. I, I'm just like I. I don't know yeah. when we will be <laughs> next season. Um, so yeah, yeah. Like I, I. So I, I. I guess the one thing that I still don't fully understand with this show is what is White Rose's plan. That that is the thing that mm. I still can't wrap my head around. We've gotten hints. We've gotten bits and pieces. Oh, it looks like he wants to control Trump. Looks like she wants to do this. It looked like X, Y, and Z. There's a giant hadron collider. Mm. What, like, I just, they want the Congo. There's this big, like, political thing to (laughs) annex the Congo. Like, I don't understand exactly what's happening there. So I would love for season four to clear that, that up and make that abundantly clear of, like, this is what the big picture is. Cause that's also something that they've, kind of mentioned throughout the show of just like look you're not looking up you're not seeing the big picture here right yes so i i feel like it's like well i i don't know what the big picture is somebody tell me too i feel left out right um no i i agree with you i want a white rose to talk for 15 solid uninterrupted give give white rose two or Three big monologues within this show. Because uh, I want her to make me a PowerPoint. Beating, well, well, yeah. Oh, God. Elliot making this power 
points in season three here. <laughs> oh, he man. is so awkward. It is great. Um, I know. But I, so yeah, like I I want white rose or BD. I, I don't remember mm. the alter ego of uh, Li Zhi Zhang. Yeah, I'm looking here on Zhi Zhang. Li Zhang's the guy from Mulan, G, I think. Zhi Zhang. Uh, also voiced Jang. by B.D. Wong. Oh my god! My god. God damn it! You can't just drop a bombshell like that and then like not expect us to theorize. Wow. Okay. We, we tore off the mask and it's just B.D. Wong underneath. It's B.D. Wong all the way down. What if they go to an alternate reality <laughs> to get B.D. Wong, the actor, <laughs> to, to help <laughs> save them. Oh my just... <laughs> gosh. The most powerful person in the entire B. universe. B.D. Wong himself. Uh, no, I like, I, he's a fantastic actor and mm. the character work that he is doing in this is great and I want more of it. I want like I, mm -hmm. I want to know what was it like? How did he explain it to Angela that she saw the light, so to speak? Right? Like, what was that like? I, mm. I, I will want to know those speeches or those monologues. Um, I, I, I feel like I need three or four of them to fully understand all the bits and pieces and stuff like that. So I'm, yes. I'm hoping for more, more white rose. Yeah, I especially want her background with Philip Price. Because, like, there's a moment when you think Philip Price only knows the Xi Zhang, the, you know, minister of whatever, minister of whatever state the, the title is. Minister mm -hmm. of State Security. You think that's the only person Philip Price knows. And then somebody's talking about right, Rose and calls her she. Philip's like, yes, I've known about her plans for years. Like, oh, you know about this other identity well, that she has how did you come to know it's not clear that he knows that they're the same person though oh i guess that's true like he he might know of yeah, the dark army and white rose and he might know that it's a woman but he might not know that it's the same person yeah that's <laughs> ambiguous yeah, we didn't even talk about like Philip being angelist. Yeah, that that's yeah. that's a big that that would like I feel like would have been a bigger twist in any uh, 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 other show. Right, but it's mm -hmm. so like that's the most like mundane thing in this entire show. Right, <laughs> I just I, I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> mm. Oh, I cannot wait for season four. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. The post credits. Hmm? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I will say that season four goes in many different directions. Mm -hmm. So you will feel many different ways throughout the season. Okay. Uh, so just be prepared for that. And just be prepared for um, some very shocking heavy things to happen Noted. okay like episode seven i'm still haunted by to this day <gasps> just be prepared for that i don't know what else to say okay. i'm walking so you both can run i watched it <laughs> as it aired i didn't Thank know okay, okay good to know but the one um 
Just like one small thing that I wanted to let you both know, though, is that season four, the first episode, begins with a scene from season three that, like, seamlessly transitions into the opening scene. So if you're skipping through the previously on, you might not realize that it's a new scene. It's just, like, a continuation of a previously on clip. And it ends with a fake end credits like, you think the episode ends because okay. the end credits start okay. to roll, but then if you just wait a minute, mm. it'll it'll keep doing its thing. I'm only saying this because people on Reddit were furious when this episode ended because they didn't stick around for five seconds after the episode quote-unquote ended okay. to realize that the scene continues. So just... Good to know. Be cautious of that. Good to know. Valuable. Uh, I want to mention briefly the post credit scene for season three which going back to this theme of like optimism, Mm -hmm. the season ends with Dom completely chewing out Darlene. Like you're a terrible person. Don't ever convince yourself. Otherwise all you deserve for the rest of your life is utter agony. And then Darlene is less destroyed, less obviously destroyed by that than you would expect. Maybe this is just par for the course for Darlene now. But the post-credit scene is like she's walking home. She's walking back to where she's staying at Elliot's apartment, and it's her and a prostitute <laughs> just walking and talking to each other, just like complaining about like, oh, when's the stuff gonna get fixed? You know, and the, the prostitute's like, Well, I had these student loans to pay off. Don't know how I feel about not having to pay those off anymore. You know, is this trade worth it? Mm-hmm. Like it's just them talking as they walk up to Elliot's apartment, and Darlene turns to her and says, I'm glad I met you. Like, oh, <laughs> even after all these terrible things Darlene can still make and appreciate a friend. It's very heartwarming. And then Fernando Vera and, and his team roll up to Elliot's apartment. And it feels like the show has evolved so far past just the regular everyday crime of Vera mm-hmm. that I'm interested to see how he's going to fit into season four. Kind of the last thing we saw of him, we we he ran off into the night, but we know he met some people in jail. Yeah. We don't know who those mm. people are, uh, but he seemed to be very happy about who these people were and the things he could do to get back at Elliot with. So I am assuming somehow he's gotten mixed up in the dark army, but I don't know yet. So that'd be a plus. We'll see. See what's happening there. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. I Well, next month is when we will do season four, yeah. the final season of Mr. Robot. Um, Ooh. yeah, I'm not sure what we'll do after Mr. Robot yet, but we will be deciding that we'll let you guys know yeah. next month, uh, what we will be mm. covering month to month after that. I, I don't know how you feel, Melissa. I would kind of like to switch the medium up and maybe do a longer comic mm-hmm. book or something like that. Um, okay. That would be neat. Yeah. But yeah, uh, for next week, however, uh, we already have the stuff picked out that we are going to be covering. Uh, Melissa, do you want to let them know what that will be? Yeah, uh, did I just pitched you three random TV shows that were on the front page of Netflix when I opened it up. And so I pitched you Lucifer, and you had already started watching Lucifer the week before. Yeah. So. You already had a head start, so we're just watching season one of Lucifer. Exactly. Yeah, you you pitched some things that you were like, Kyle will love these things. And then you're like, I guess I can 
throw in Lucifer with that. Yeah. And I was like, that one. <laughs> that one. Yeah, I I happened to start mm-hmm. it like a week ago. I watched the first like two episodes. So I'm not far in. I've not continued watching it since yeah. then. Um, but yeah, this is one that has been kind of on my list of things to watch eventually because yeah. I knew it was based off of a comic um and so yeah i'm excited to dive into that because i've heard good good things about the show and from the first two that i've seen starts off pretty decently and i can see how it can get to a better spot so yeah i can see why this has gained its kind of cult favorite status yeah so uh season one of lucifer is on netflix you guys can go watch it there uh that's what we will be doing for this next week jack thank you so much for joining us thank you oh thank you for letting me come on and talk about mr robot it's my favorite absolutely (laughs) absolutely uh yeah this is a fantastic show i i have not bought it yet but melissa has i I think this is one that i might have to buy eventually as well because this is Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Like the perfect Kyle show. <laughs> so good stuff. I just realized this is gonna go on my DVD shelf next to the DreamWorks feature Mr. Peabody and Sherman, another father son time travel story. <laughs> good. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Uh, do, yes. do you have any kind of things that you want to shout out or stuff like that? I, I think I remember the last time you did not shout out your social media, but you had something else <laughs> that you wanted to <laughs> shout out in, instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my Twitter usage is pretty sporadic. It's kind of like a hit and run. But mm-hmm. if, if you want to follow that hit and run, it's... <laughs> J May Pay. That's J A Y M A Y P A Y. There you go. If you like hit and run, <laughs> nice. Follow Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, mm-hmm. what about you? Where can uh, I find you? My Twitter usage has also become a bit sporadic. I just use it to like uh, tell a, j- a joke, big finger quotes around joke every once in a while. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkieWit. That's W. I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. You guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is the one that's real spotty, but I'm on Twitter all the t- 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 time. Uh, but if you mm. guys want to follow us uh, for in- and keep up with our podcast, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, go like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a foe, sell your soul, do whatever you need to do, <laughs> become a corporate shill, whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. to do um help mm-hmm. spread the word that would be fantastic uh i think right now we're sitting at 76 75 76 subscribers hey. at youtube so if you guys could follow us on youtube that would be amazing uh and help spread the word mm-hmm. there we are hoping to reach 100 that is what we are pushing for 100 subscribers on youtube uh that would mean mean a lot so go do that and that would be great uh, we will see you guys next week for season one of Lucifer. Uh, and with that, let's get out of here. This has been episode 112 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, friend.